0: and welcome back to the Audio DT with Reb T. The Audio Devar Torah with Reb T. The show where we talk about the Parsha of the week with some practical lessons to keep. We have made it to VaYishlach. Now we are talking now about. Yaakov, and moving over soon to the Shabbatim. We went from Avram to Yitzchak to Yaakov. Yaakov, of course, is the idea of emes and truth, where we saw already about having to get the brachos from Esav, and it was difficult for him because he was the paradigm of truth. He stands for truth. But now let's look about the idea of one phrase in this week's Parsha, talking about the idea of never really being alone. We're looking at Perik Lamed Bet, Pusik Chafhei. Perik Lamed Bet, of course, in Beretius, Lamed Bet, in general, not just Beretius, Lamed Bet, of course, stands for Lave. Lave is the heart. So whenever I see that it's Perik Lamed Bet, I think about the Lave and how we can relate it. The heart. We have to understand that our heart, in general, is connected not only to others, but to Hashem and His Torah. We are never really alone because we're going to look, look at the idea of Vayivaser Yaakov Levado. Yaakov remained alone in Perik Lamed Pasech Why was he alone? Where was he? What was he doing? Where was everyone around him? Yaakov was about to meet up with Asaf. He was terrified. Asaf already wanted to kill him. Even though it was many years ago, there's an idea that Esau always hates Yaakov. Maybe they could be reconciled. Maybe it could work out. But in general, Esau does not approve of Yaakov, does not like Yaakov, hates him. So here, he was about to meet up with Esau, so he took a three-pronged approach. They say when people wanted to do war in Torah times and in the past, they would look into this Parsha to see a three-pronged attack. What did they do? Yaakov sent gifts to try to appease Esau. Yaakov prayed to Hashem that's number two. And Yaakov took military practical standpoints. He divided his camp and made it in such a strategic way to present each child with their mother. And he did different things that... Uh, that. Um, Rachel was blocked by Yosef so that he wouldn't see her and want to take her away. Different approaches, different ways to be involved. So Yaakov is getting ready to meet up with Esau, and he forgot some pots and pans. So he went back to get them, and Yaakov alone went back to get them. So Yaakov was alone. But the idea that we're going to talk about tonight is that we're never really alone. So when we talk about Lamed Bet, the parak that talks about Yaakov alone and voracious, understand that the heart... The core of the matter, the heart of the person, the heart of the soul, and the soul of the human, the soul of the Jew understands that we are never alone. Hashem is always with us. Hashem is always there next to us. Understand our heart is connected to all the Jewry in the world. Our heart is connected to our spouses and our kids. Our heart is connected to our friends and family. Even when we're alone, even when we feel alone, even if we're on the other side of the world, even if we're in the army or we're studying abroad or we're in whatever situation that we're alone at the second, or even if we're alone at work and and we're, we're all by our lonesome and our family is far away, we're never really alone. Hashem is with us, the Torah is with us, and our family is with us in our hearts and in our minds. The Lave, the Perik, about Lev, Lamed Bet. Understand in your heart that your heart is not alone. Your being is not alone. We connect to Hashem. We connect to the Torah. We connect to our family and friends. We are never really alone. We should remember, like we talked about in previous weeks, Hashem is always with us. Even if we don't realize it, even if we don't remember, even if we're not cognizant of it, He's always with us, even in scary situations, even in Golas, Hashem comes with us everywhere. Hashem descended with us into Mitzrayim, into Golas, Hashem descends with us into whatever aspect of the world we are, here and now, before Mashiach comes, maybe today, speedily in our days, Hashem is always with us wherever we go, just like the parak in Tehillim we talked about last time or the times before, from Davon Amelch and Chav Gimel, you're always with me, Hashem. I realize and should remember to carry with you, to be cognizant of the fact that you're always with me, and you're always going to come with me no matter where I go, no matter where I am. That's the idea. Even though, even though Yaakov remained alone... Maybe physically at the moment he was alone, but he wasn't really alone. We are never really alone. Physically it might look like it, but we never really are. Spiritually we're connected to Hashem, connected to the Torah. And we should make ourselves connected to the Torah. If we don't feel connected to the Torah, the Jewish people, or to our family, we should do so to make sure that we're involved and we're connected. So everyone was somewhere else preparing for the meeting with Esau, but Yaakov was all alone. Physically. Fascinating thing pointed out by Rabbi Yisroel Roll from Torah.org. And we're going to look at some other sources from Chabad also. But Torah.org points out with Rabbi Yisroel Roll a very interesting thing. Many figures throughout Tanakh were alone. We don't think about it, but at many aspects of many of their lives, they were alone. The Elvos and the Imahos and other famous characters will point it out now with the help of Rabbi Yisroel Roll. We look at the Avos, the patriarchs, we find that every one of them experienced and lived in a state of aloneness. Each experienced being a stranger in a strange land. We talked about the idea of stranger previously on the Audio DT in this season. We talked about the idea of how strange the world is and how we are strangers. But in general, they experienced aloneness, Avraham for example, stood alone against a world of idol worship. Abraham preached the idea of monotheism, which was a fantastical idea, fanatic idea for his time. Polytheism was the the credo of the entire world, even his own dad, sources say, I think the Medrash says, owned an idol store, and Abraham smashed all the idols when he was a little kid. His father questioned him and was furious. What are you talking about? What happened here? And Avram said, what do you mean? I didn't do it. The idols did it. They all ganged up on each other. They all fought each other, destroyed each other. And his father was furious. He said, they couldn't do that. Of course they can't do that. And Avram says, how could you worship them if they can't even do that? They have no power. They have no ability. Why are you worshiping them? And of course, I'm very loosely paraphrasing it. But Avram himself, from a very young age, realized there's only Hashem. There's only one God, the King of all kings, the one ruler Hashem himself. But he was in Ivry. He was, why was he called Ivry? Because he was on the other side. Maybe it was the Aver, it was the river, whatever, that he was there in his birthplace or in the home, but really the idea of being aver, being on the opposite side of the entire world. Avraham versus the world. Avraham on one side of the society, one side of the river, one side of the earth, one side of the world, and everyone else was on the other side. Avraham was preaching monotheism, how it's only Hashem, And everything he did was Hashem to try to get people, the people he converted and Surah converted, trying to bring them to the service of Hashem through Chesed and his wonderful outlook on life. But everyone else was polytheism and crazy types of ideas and whatnot. Avraham stood alone. But of course Avraham wasn't alone. Hashem was right there with him. Hashem is always right there with us. We just have to remember that he's there with us. Even though Avram physically might have been alone, he did have Sarah, but even when Sarah wasn't there, uh, after she passes away, Avram still and always did have Hashem right by his side. Yitzchak also was alone on the Mizbech at the Akedah. Avram was there, but really it was Yitzchak being tied up, really it was Yitzchak that was going to be offered as the sacrifice. Of course, Hashem only said to bind Yitzchak, he never actually said to kill him, but The idea was the test of binding it, but Yitzchak was the one that was alone at the Mizbech. But the angel saw him, and Hashem, of course, was there. Hashem himself was there, right, by his side. Yitzchak was alone, but never really alone. And Yaakov, of course, over here was alone when he went back for the pots and pans. And then we know he fought with the angel, which people say was the angel of of um, Asub and Asaph wasn't able to get him so he knocked out his hip trying to distract him trying to hurt him even though he couldn't destroy him a whole metaphorical metaphysical fight that might have been happening but not for now but anyway Yaakov was alone and of course we'll talk more about that in a second Yosef also was alone in prison in Egypt but interestingly the text talks about how with everything Yosef did God was with him and people knew God was with him and, he fav- and people found favor in Yosef, because they saw that God was with him, God was on his lips, God was on his mind. Unfortunately, the the source's fault that he might not have been too preoccupied with his family and he was curling his hair and then Hashem tried to leash the beast of the wife on him, but in general, he was physically alone. But he was never really alone. Hashem was always with him, and Yosef knew Hashem was with him. Yosef knew Hashem had a master plan. Yosef knew he had these dreams, he, he had big things in store, and he relied on Hashem that it was going to happen, and he knew that Hashem was with him, and he had Hashem on his lips. And we'll talk more about the Shvatim, God willing, in future weeks. The Jewish nation also was alone, trapped at the Sea of Reeds, between the sea and the advancing Egyptian army. But the, the Jews turned to Moshe, turned to Hashem, and Hashem was saying, I was right there with with you i'm always right there with you now is not the time for per, for prayer now is not the time for 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 worry now is the time to take action Nachshav jumps into the sea up to his neck and the sea parts. sometime there's a time for prayer there's a time for laughing and a time for dancing as Koheles teaches us but there's always a time for action sometimes there's a time for action even if we're alone there's still much action we can do and realize we're never really alone moshe rabbino also was alone on har sinai when he received the torah but he was literally learning from hashem Talking with Hashem, so of course he wasn't really alone. Eliyahu, one of my favorite characters in the whole Tanakh, at Har Carmel, was alone against all the the false nevim of the Baal and the and the other one, I think the Asherah. He calls them to task, he does a an unprecedented situation, unprecedented whole activity and he literally discounts the, the, the false prophets literally single handedly destroying the credence, destroying any quote unquote basis these people had and destroying them in front of everybody else. And everyone says, Me Lashem Eli, what a beautiful Kiresh has Hashem. Eliyahu was alone but he was never really alone. Mordechai. Purim also was alone. Everybody bows down to Haman except for Mordechai. Mordechai himself says, I know I have Hashem by my side. I know Hashem is with me. I'm not really alone. Hashem is there. All the Imahos and different people throughout Jewish history were alone at a certain point, but they never were really alone. Even we could think of it, about the great Rabbi Akiva, as he's being flayed to death. Nobody could help him. Nobody could stop him. He's all alone dealing with this torture. But he says Shema on his lips and he dies with the word Achad because he knows Hashem is there he gives up his life one of the most happy moments even though it was the most torturous moment of his life because he was able to give up his life for Hashem because even though he was alone physically he wasn't really alone maybe some of these characters were quote unquote physically alone on some level to prove that only Hashem and only the Torah itself can stand by their side When you see these cases of all these people, of all these characters, these great figures in Tanakh, why were they alone? Why were they left alone? Why were they all by themselves having to deal and contend with all these things? Even David and Melech was was shunned from the family, they say, saying, and society didn't accept him, and then his own son tried to usurp him. Why was he alone through all these things? Even though he had people by his side, he was alone in his struggle for, for trying to prove his worthiness to be on the throne. And David Amalekh was a great, great king. Why was he alone? Why were all these people alone? Eliyahu, Abraham, Yisrael, and Yaakov. Why did these people have to deal with these old situations alone? Maybe they were alone to prove that who's the only one that could stand by your side. Perkeivos and the Talmud explains, three types of people can be your friend, but they only go so far. You know, your friends can can uh, can stay with you for some way. Your family could come some way, but in the grave, the only thing that could come with you is your Torah and good deeds. Some people can only go so far. You know, if you're going to a test, people can't actually take the test for you. They could accompany you to the room. They can't sit with you at the computer. You know, lahavda, lahavda, lahavda. So in these situations, these intense situations, nobody could do it for them. They had to do it themselves. And the only one that could stand by them, even though they were alone, is Torah and Hashem. Hashem with the Torah. Maybe that's the reason they had to be alone. Maybe that's the reason they were alone, to prove that Torah and Hashem is the only thing that could stand by their side. And Rabbi Yisrael Roll goes on to explain that maybe the aloneness of Yaakov, especially when he goes back for the pots and the pans and has to fight the angel, parallels and mirrors the aloneness of Hashem in representing God's goodness. Yaakov Avinu himself stands for truth, stands for Emma, stands for what the Torah really represents, that is mirroring what Hashem represents. We're supposed to emulate Hashem. Just as Hashem is compassionate, so too we should be compassionate. Just as Hashem clothed those who didn't have clothing like Adam and Chava, so too we should. Just as Hashem was mevaker cholim to Avraham, by Yer, I love Hashem, Baalon, and so too we should be Mivakar Chola. Just as Hashem buried Moshe at the end of the Torah, so too we should bury others. We're supposed to emulate Hashem, emulate his goodness, emulate his compassion, emulate his kindness. Maybe that's what Yaakov represents. The aloneness of Yaakov could parallel and mirror the aloneness of Hashem in representing God's goodness. God being alone means that Hashem is the source of good and desires to bestow that goodness on the world. Therefore, He created the world in order to receive His goodness. God is the source of good and wants to give good to the world. So too, we should be a, a a pillar of good, pillar of generosity, giving to the world to do good, to emulate Hashem on some small level. God only creates good, whereas evil is a product of man's own inappropriate exercise of his free will. We talk about a bidei shemaim chutz mir It's our choice to do good or bad. Hashem chooses our spouse and our cars and our houses and our jobs and things like that. But Hashem doesn't choose if you're going to do good or bad. Evil is a product of man's own inappropriate improper usage of his free will. It's our choice, God forbid, to sin. It's our choice to do good and to do mitzvahs. Yaakov Avinu, in bringing to the world the Mida, the trait of emes, truth, opposes evil represented by love on an esav. Yaakov is God's representative in this world. And that's why Yaakov's face is engraved on the throne of glory, whatever that means. So Yaakov stands for truth. Yaakov stands for goodness. Yaakov fights Lavan and Esav, which is the opposite of that, emulating Hashem on some level. So too, we should do so in our own ways, in our own positive Attributes and traits to bring good to the world. We may be alone in our ability to bring good in a unique way. We talk about many times on all my shows, the traits, the attributes, the qualities we have that only we have, that we must bring to the world ourselves, alone, No one else can do it for you. No one else has your voice, has your writing style, has your note-taking capability, has your ability to get through to people or to do whatnot with your hands or any charismatic aspects or any attributes or abilities you have. No one can do it for you. You alone can do it. But remember... You are never really alone. Hashem is guiding you. The Talmud teaches us the path you want to go, Hashem will lead you. You're not alone. I am never alone. I am never truly alone, is the famous phrase. Hashem is with me. Hashem is guiding me. Hashem is next to me. Hashem takes care of me and walks down the path with me. Gam you Iraqi at Imadi, you're always with me, Hashem. Yaakov might have been physically alone, but he definitely wasn't really alone. He stands for the truth. We too should bring good and truth like Yaakov did on our own small level, bring to the world what we can. There never was a person like you. Right now there is no person exactly like you, even if you have a twin, like I always say. And there never will be another person exactly like you. You have unique ability. You alone have a unique ability, but again, you're not alone. You're never Never truly alone. Hashem is there with you right by your side. Hashem will guide you. Hashem will take you along the way. Really, in reality, a Jew, especially one like Yaakov, is never alone. We are all never really alone ever. Hashem is always with us. Even if we travel somewhere... We need to realize Hashem is with us and we're not alone. We need to take the Torah with us, whether through reading Torah stories or Torah commentaries or the Talmud or Mishnah, etc., listening to a shir, watching a Torah video, even reading a book that has Torah values still is a much more proper usage of keeping in line with your Torah ideals and your Torah values. I love reading books. We're going to talk about it in a second. But there's a way to read a Jewish type of a book reading something else. There's so many on-the-go Torah and Torah Sepharim nowadays and Torah Ideas nowadays. we never really alone. Books can be our best friends. Books can be our companions. So first of all, we should realize in life we're not alone. In situations we're not alone. Hashem is always with us. But even if we're physically alone, quote-unquote, we should take our best friend, we should be the Torah with us in many different forms, whether it be reading Jewish websites like Esher, Chaban. Or reading Jewish books, novels, lahavdal, or reading Talmud or Mishnah or Torah, which of course should be the highest level, but everyone needs the rest and relaxation, so why not do it in a Torah medium, in a Torah way, in a proper way? When we're going on the way, or when we need to relax at nighttime, especially on Shabbos, we should do it in a Torah way. There's so many wonderful Svaram, so many wonderful books, especially translated into English, especially. Jewish commentators and the like, Torah texts that were translated to English through art school or Feldheim or the like. It's an interesting idea to think about how we could have things that make us not feel alone. A lot of times we, during the week we turn towards technology to help us not be alone. If you listen to a she'er, you watch a she'er, or you need to, to watch a show or a movie or whatever, Lahavdal, of course, not the highest level. But if you want to be able to, especially on Shabbos, to turn to what could be a best friend, that could be a book, a safer. It could really be a best friend. It could be like a Kharusi. It could almost feel like you're learning with the commentator. You're learning with the commentary. You're reading it. When, when I listen to the parashashir or the Dafyomi shir or a navishir, I try to do blinander, blinander, blender for all of them with Rabbi Rosner. It feels like he's in the car with me, it feels like he's in the house with me, it feels like he's learning with me. What a wonderful feeling. And when I read a book and it's translated well and written well, I feel like I'm learning with that commentator, I feel like I'm with that person when we are with books especially Svarim, especially torah when we are never alone we are studying hashem's torah with him through his agents that were the commentators or the writers so we could feel like we're reaching out to hashem through a medium that lets us connect to torah through fascinating stories or fascinating novels or the like. And of course the Torah itself, the Talmud itself, if you're on a level that you're able to connect to it and you feel Hashem's hand through that, how much more so is that amazing? But even on smaller levels we could feel so. When we are with books, it could be like their own best friends. Chabad.org points out fascinating through the writer Tzvi Freeman how books are people in some way. He lived a life, a Jewish life of books. Having lived a Jewish life of books, we can totally get what it means to have a people, a person, a friend as a book. Many people have tons of books strewn about their home, myself included, especially ones with Jewish themes and values. The author Svee Freeman talks about how his dad would visit the public library once every two weeks and snatch books off the shelf like a lion tearing at his prey. The entire back seat of their car was literally filled with the books. Within a day, they would be strewn about throughout the whole house. The mother would complain, "Can't you put them back in their place?" These books, to which he would respond, "That is their place. This is a Jewish home, and a Jewish home has to have a book." everywhere of course only on tables and other respectable surfaces if a book was seen on the floor the father would chide them books are people treat them with respect yes books are people real book lovers don't say i'm reading lahav grapes of wrath no it's i'm reading steinbeck because i'm reading what the author wrote i'm not just reading x book i'm reading what the author and hopefully it's an author a jewish author jewish novels that that has Jewish Torah values and Jewish Torah elements in it, and you're learning about wonderful things through a great suspenseful story. But it's a story that you're not alone. You're reading into, and you feel Hashem's presence lurking in the background because it's a it's a it's a wonderful story. But it has great Jewish elements, great Jewish themes. Much as a Jewish person is studying the Mishnah Torah, will tell you he's learning Rambam. It doesn't say you're learning Mishnah Torah. You're learning with the person Rambam, Rabbi Moshe Ben Maimon. That's a person. You get into his magnum opus, the Mishnah Torah, you ask the right questions, you scratch your head, you read all the little men lined up around the page, argue your arguments, pound your fists on the table, scratch your head some more. You're not just studying what he wrote, you're learning the Rambam, the person, very deep into the person and what he wrote. And that comes from Svi Freeman from Chabad.org about how books are people. I myself love books. I have a whole podcast episode on the OT show about books, how amazing books are. Books are fascinating and fantastic for the imagination, for the reading capability, for losing yourself in as a hobby, as a leisure activity. I love reading a story, not even talking about the actual Jewish texts, which are amazing in and of itself. But even on a smaller level, on a leisure level, I love reading reading a story, and getting lost in the story at the edge of my seat, waiting to see what happens next. I start at 7, and I, and it's already 10 o'clock, and I'm like, oh my gosh, where did the time go? I'm so involved in this Jewish novel, this Jewish text, this amazing, suspenseful, mystery, thriller, story. I don't even know where the time went there is nothing like a good book it would be wonderful to have a huge room of a library but for us at least for us for now at least we have our bookshelves in our basement study quote unquote our basement study and storage area down there lined with books as well as books in our storage, you know, in the main floor in the dining room, and some books in our bookshelf in the small mini bookshelf we have in the living room. We don't have that uh, amazing enormous library that my wife always talks about, and I think about also maybe one day. But at least we have those books strewn about the house. A few years back, my wife and I decided to to try to ditch reading non-Jewish novels as much as we could, especially for myself, especially on Shabbos, finding Jewish alternatives. First, we went to the library. And we tried to find it back when we lived in uh, a, one of the boroughs of the city. And then when we moved to uh, to Long Island here in New York, we, we tried getting from the library itself. And then when the crazy situation in 2020 hit, we started buying it. And, you know, I used to think, why do buy- people have like a thousand books in their home? Why do they waste so much money on books? But there's nothing like... Having a book and owning a book and going at a slow, leisurely pace through the book. Having that timeline of the library is very difficult. Although you save money, I do not like the timeline, the pressure of reading the book. I don't enjoy it as much. So even though we spend a, a, a little bit, and I mean a lot of bit, but really a little bit, on books... It's a wonderful element to have that book, to read that book. It's really such menuchat Nefesh nafesh to sit with my wife on Friday night and read a book, a Jewish novel, getting lost in the novel. We decided years ago to get rid of those non-Jewish novels as much as we could, especially on Shabbos. Sitting on Shabbos, reading with a snack, getting lost in the story that has underlying Jewish character themes, morals, and viewpoints is fantastic. But really, it goes beyond that. Not just talking about the Jewish novels that we should get lost in to feel like we're not alone even where we are even if we are somewhere waiting in and, and we're by ourselves Or even if we have a few minutes but we're by ourselves and we look into Torah texts, the Havdul, and things. And even if we want to read a Jewish novel or the like, it goes beyond that. The Torah itself is our best friend. We're never alone. Hashem is always with us and the Torah is always with us. It is our guidebook. It should keep us company wherever we go, wherever we are and with whatever we are doing. It should be traveling by our side. It should be... Our constant companion. It should be our best friend, and it should be our chavrusa, quote unquote. In some levels, we're never alone wherever we go. Even traveling by ourselves to work, traveling by ourselves from work, especially if we read. The 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 Daf, the Talmud, or the Parsha, or Jewish articles, or books, or listen to Jewish podcasts, shurim, or videos. The Torah should be with us. Hashem should be with us through the Torah, through the mediums of these different aspects of getting and acquiring and drinking thirstily in the Torah. We should realize that we never are alone, and the Torah is with us. The idea being, what was Yaakov doing when he was alone? He was wrestling with the, the malach. He was going back for pots and pans, but he wasn't really alone. Why did he go back? We talked about the pots and pans. The Talmud and Chulin pointed out, the Chabad brings down, he remained for the sake of some small jars he had left behind. Hence, it is learned that to the righteous, their money is dearer than their body. Besides the fact of realizing that we're never alone, we ourselves should take care that all of our possessions are taken care of in the right way. Even the Pirkei says the more possessions we have, the more worry. If we do have possessions, we should make sure to worry to take care of them in the right ways, not to leave them alone, to to be defunct and to break down, but to care for them as you would care for other aspects of your house, hopefully, that you wanted to help you to be involved in giving back and being involved in a life so that you could do different things such as preparing for Shabbos or cooking for others and being involved with being able to give with others. If things are defunct in your house, you can't be involved in some mitzvahs. You want to make sure everything's on the right level. Yaakov went back to make sure to take care of small jars he had left behind. Their money was dear to him. So to our money should be dear to us, and the best way to use it is to give, not breaking the bank, but making sure to do tzedakah, giving above just that 120th I talk about all the time, but giving to others. Make sure it's dear to you, and giving to where it belongs. Tom and Hulan pointed out. Hasidic masters point out that this is because the righteous know that their material possessions contain sparks of holiness, which are redeemed and elevated when the object or resource they inhabit is utilized to fulfill the divine will. The righteous person sees these sparks of divine potential as virtual extensions of his own soul, since he understands that the very fact that divine providence has caused them to come into his possession indicates that their redemption is integral to his mission in life. Understand that everything we're given, we should be appreciative of everything we have. Not leave things alone, not leave things to their own devices to let them break down, God forbid, but appreciate everything we have. Pirkei teaches us in Dalit Aleph, Ben Zoma tells us who is rich, he who is content with his lot, he who is happy with his lot. Yaakov appreciated even little pots and pans. How often do we think about and appreciate all the things we have in our lives? Even the little things. How much more so the big things, like our spouses and our kids and our family, and our friends and La our house and our car and our possessions, large and small. The parsha teaching us from the fact that it said Yaakov Levadro, Even though Hashem, even though, excuse me, Yaakov was left alone physically, he never was alone spiritually. He never was alone, really alone. Hashem was always with them with him. We should realize that we are never alone. Hashem is always with us. We should never feel alone. Even if we're physically alone, we should take the Torah with us. We should be involved with the Torah in any aspect, on any small level we can. And realizing that whatever we have, we shouldn't leave alone. We should take care of, we should try to properly maintain things. That's why it's important to upkeep things in your house, to upkeep things in your car, to upkeep little things in your life so that it could do the best for you. If you don't make sure to take care of even little devices like your phone and computer, how could you use it for Torah to be involved in Mitsu? setting up a meal train for a friend or sending things over ordering food for a friend if your phone is defunct how can you type up a shir or write up a thing or look into a Jewish website if your laptop and your internet is down make sure to upkeep things not to leave them alone to their own devices and to break down and us in our own lives not to leave ourselves alone and and to let things break down but to make sure we're always connected even though Hashem is always with us we should make sure that we are always connected to Him that we always feel a part of Him him. That we always feel like we are in line with the idea of the Torah and involved with the idea of the mitzvahs. Understand that Hashem is always with us. No matter where we go, we should always be connected. Our heart, our leave as the parak is on the bed should be connected to Torah, be connected to Hashem, that we're never alone. Hashem is always with us. Even though everyone was somewhere else and Yaakov was all alone, he wasn't really alone. All these Famous people throughout Tanakh, and even not so famous people at some point, were alone. Why were they alone? Maybe because they were there to prove to themselves and prove to others that only Hashem and Torah can stand by our side. We have to make sure that Hashem and Torah is standing by our side, making sure that we take Torah and Hashem with us. Just as Yaakov might have represented Hashem on some level, being good, doing good, bringing emos and truth to the world, so too on our own level we should bring truth and emos to the world, realizing that the only thing that could help us do that is Torah. Torah and Hashem Himself being our best friend with us. Understanding we're never alone, Hashem is with us. Even if we travel somewhere, go somewhere, take Torah with us. Even if we're physically alone, understand Hashem is with us and our Chavrusas can be with us through Sfarim and through Jewish sources and stories and the like. So many ways a Torah could come with us that we shouldn't be alone. Our books can come with us. Our books could also be our best friends. Our books can be with us. Just as I love books, I love reading Jewish novels, so too You could have things like that. It's wonderful to be involved in things that could be our best friend understanding that Hashem is always with us and he sends the Torah and, and the commentators and different aspects of the Torah to keep us company wherever we go through so many different mediums understanding that he created the internet created smartphones and laptops to give us so many mediums and podcasts so many mediums and videos to give us ways to access the Torah to be involved in the Torah so that Torah can be a part of our life and can be that friend for us and understand that we should be friends for others in our lives and never let them be a alone taking care of the fact that we should be there for others take care of others and take care of things in our life how much more so take care of people in our life understand Hashem is always there for us Hashem is always with us so too we should always be there for those around us when we understand that Hashem is always with us and we're never really alone. We can have the capacity, the capability to do anything. We can have the ability and the strength to go about and do whatever we can with whatever we want. If we take that with us and we understand that Hashem is always with us, we can do great things in the world. Hashem will lead us on great paths. We could go on a good path, do great things, be involved in Torah, Chet and Mitzvot. Even if we feel that that we're the only innovator, the only one involved. Even if we feel like the whole world is against us, like Avram was truly alone against the whole world. He was an Aver. He was an Ivry against the whole world, but he still stood up and did it. Even if we feel like we're physically alone in an idea or capability, we have no support from anyone, but we know it's a great idea, a great concept. We should still stand up and persist and have stubbornness to keep fighting and keep trying to get the idea across or the concept of cross because Hashem is always with us. We're never alone. If we take that to heart. We understand the lessons of Vayi Yakov Yaakov, Levadom, that we're never alone. Hashem is with us and we should take what we can to be not alone, to use Torah and Hashem through the different mediums to keep us company and make sure to take care of everything in our life, that it's not alone, especially family and friends. And Lahav, the different material possessions, just as Yaakov went down, we could realize that we can more Readily feel Hashem's presence in our lives and more readily feel the Torah as our guidebook in all aspects of our life every single day. Join us next time as we talk more about the next parsha here, on the Audio DT with Reb T. Next time on the Audio DT with Reb T. And I'm your host, Reb T.